And now to kick off the month of August, just after the MLB trade deadline with lots going on here in Miami. We have the man who broke the news of the Marlins trades yesterday. Uh, you may know him from his work at SportsGrid. And if you're listening to this podcast, you may know him from our podcast, Swings and Mishes. It's Craig Mish joining me on this Wednesday afternoon, fresh off a media all-star game. Craig, how you feeling this Wednesday morning? Yeah, I was feeling a lot better before <laughs> the game today. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to play in that in that softball game for sure. Uh, yeah, it's like you know, you know what I was. I, my wife came and my kids came, and I do have a video to send, uh, you know, to you by the way of you hitting. Oh, but awesome. but I I think the difference for me now, and I was probably older than like most everyone there. Not everybody, but most everyone there. And the difference is, is mentally, like, I see what I want to do. Like, I know exactly <laughs> what I want to do, how I want to hit the ball, how I want to run the bases. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, sort of hits me. Like, can yep. I do what my mind wants wants me to do? But the, the good thing is, is that because my son plays in travel ball so much, I can at least hold my own on the field. Because yeah, I'm all on the field and doing stuff. So I, I feel like if you ask me my assessment, for my personal play, I would say it wasn't great, but I held my own out there. I didn't embarrass. Well, I almost did embarrass myself, but I didn't embarrass myself, I would say, overall. Un unfortunately, our team came up short. We were on the same team. We were on Team uh, Miami Blue. Caliente Red took it home with a 13-8 to victory. Craig, before we dive into everything with the trade deadline, I know we were sort of talking off the field here, but let's go really off the field. I want to know what, what has recently brought you joy outside of baseball. It's been a crazy week as you're trying to you know break stories and everything like that what's been bringing you joy outside of work yeah it's actually i'm going to go the opposite of that i have to do this i have to do this because it's funny so it's joyful okay. but it's funny this is this is a story that i i don't know what to do with here because i know that you you sort of feel the same way and anybody okay. that is passionate about their college feels the same way so so the positive of this is my daughter my daughter is 16 years old she's going to graduate next uh next next year okay this year, this year well this year yeah like this is her final year coming up of high school wow. before she goes to college and she was accepted to a college this summer to go up to a, a theater and like tutorial kind of camp with like a lot of other campers so that was like awesome man like i was like so proud and and to me this to be father be you know i talk about my son a lot but to see my daughter performing and to see, uh, you know, her doing it that, at the highest of levels. So you may be asking yourself, well, Craig, I don't understand. Like, what is the downside of this? I don't understand it. I don't get it. It was at Florida State. No, no. So what? So what's what's the deal here? Does she now want to be a seminal? Like, is that is that where There's we're headed? There's a chance of this happening, Jeremy. My wife came home with a oh, shirt, FSU, wearing it in the house. And we got a mug from F these things are not allowed in my house. <laughs> I, I mean, it is disturbing, upsetting. You know, when I, I took my daughter up to FSU and my wife took her back mm -hmm. and, and her, all her friends went to the team store and were walking around all the seminal stuff. I'm like, what? This is the last place that I want to be in here. And so I don't know how to handle this, man. Now, look, part of me says... I got the Florida prepaid here. Yep. So if yep. she ends up at FSU, it's going to be better than if she ends up in like Michigan or Northwest right. or North. I mean, who knows? Carnegie Mellon, you know, that's like a dream. Yeah. But that's like a dream. 
But yeah, those are those those but, are those theater schools. I, I remember but, it well. But it was I, I gotta tell you, like in enemy territory from going to Tallahassee and then in my own house being a gator. I think maybe people don't know I'm a gator, but yeah. When I went to school at the University of Florida, when I was a young lad, uh the Florida State was our rival, man. Like like right. I know the SEC has changed quite a bit and now it's like you win the SEC and those are the rivals and, and sort of these I know Miami, Florida State is still a big deal. And Florida, Florida State is still a big deal. Miami, Florida is still a big deal. But I always go back to those games again, right after Thanksgiving against mm-hmm. the Seminoles, as being the key games. And so, Jeremy, I don't know how to handle all this, man. It's this is this is a tough one. I know how to handle it. I know to get you a house divided uh, license plate for the, for the <laughs> car for, for Hanukkah. So we'll be sure to get we'll be sure to get you one of those coming up in the next couple of months. Yeah. Uh, but now let's get let's get to why everybody tuned into this podcast. The MLB trade deadline. Uh, the Marlins were as active as just about anybody, especially coming down to the final couple of hours of the deadline. So as we approached about four o'clock yesterday, things were pretty silent. And then all of a sudden, the Twitter of Craig Mish lights up. Uh, we've got things moving uh, throughout the, the late afternoon, early evening. So, Craig, could you take me through what yesterday was like as the Marlins traded for Jake Berger, Josh Bell, and Ryan Weathers? Yeah. And, and by the way, are we are we going to continually refer to Twitter as Twitter, or do we think we'll ever refer to it as X? Do I'm sticking with Twitter for the time being. I'm sticking with Twitter. I think the parent company is technically still called Twitter. Technically, so I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to call it Twitter until I'm until I'm forced to not to. But yeah, I mean, sure, you were you were Xing. So after you were Xing, the Marlins ended up with multiple players. So that being said, uh, here we are, and and the Marlins have acquired these three. What 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 was that whirlwind like? Yeah. So yeah, this was a crazy one. This was a crazy one. Yeah, Uh it had to be. So uh, you know the you know the news earlier in the day. Uh, you know, I really didn't. I, I go. I'll tell you, going into trade deadline day, I was able to amass, I would say, quite a bit of information as far as like some of the things that they were up to with different sources and finding out some potential things that were going to happen and not. And this is probably a good time to plug that this will all be in the Miami Herald coming up very soon uh, over the next few days, so you can catch that there. But. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, um, the, the trade to get Jake Berger from the White Sox uh, came out of nowhere. Uh, I did not see that coming whatsoever. I had found out probably about an hour before the deal happened that the Marlins and White Sox were talking about something. So that makes the reporting a little bit easier. Then I can start asking questions like what could it possibly be and what is going on? Uh, but even still, I didn't really link Berger to the Marlins until really right up on until the end there. Right. And as far as the trade specifically that sent Jake Eater, I had a feeling it was going to be Eater because, as you'll see in the Herald coming out, uh, you know, in a couple of days, they did previously talk to the White Sox about a different trade. And I think Eater would have been the headliner in that as well. So uh, it, it felt like the White Sox, and, and I had gotten word that they were scouting, the White Sox were scouting Eater in person. I think they saw several of us, at least two of his starts. Mm. I'm, I'm almost positive about that. And, and so it seems like that was that was a player that they really wanted. And then once, once that was done, and then you just kind of hang it around the ballpark and, you know, is anything going to happen? I don't know. Uh, you know, so, then we could just fast forward right to six o'clock, six right. o'clock comes and I'm sending the text messages out 
And I have people sitting next to me too. Keep in mind, like, yeah. and I can sense people are like looking at me, like, like I wonder if it, it is. I do have to, I do have to paint the picture for people because Craig, obviously, as we've known for for years now, you're you're the guy when it comes to breaking this news. Like trade deadline is Craig Mish's day to, to to be around the ballpark, and you want to be around Craig. And so it was really funny, particularly earlier in the day, being a part of the group that there are five or six of us just sort of trickling around, just sort of waiting to see what Craig's up to, what's Craig tweeting, if he's looking at his yeah. phone, we're doing the same thing, and it was. It's funny to see that throughout the day the group would change a couple guys would walk away a couple more would walk up but nonetheless there were just people sort of orbiting craig throughout the day and, and it lasted up until six o'clock yeah and the funny thing is I'd, I'd be looking at my phone i'd look up and there's somebody looking yeah. at me go, oh. <laughs> you know like anything happening yeah. so 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 the way that i was tipped off as far as i mean taking you behind the curtain as far as yeah. the other deals that were done was because I had asked, you know, are the Marlins done at six o'clock? And I didn't get an answer. So I, and, and I, year after year after year of doing this, like clockwork, Marlins done? Yes. Right. Marlins done? Yes. Marlins done? Maybe want to wait. Gotten that one too. Hang on. Could okay. be something here. But I had crickets. And so, uh, and so I knew that, that something was going to happen there. So I, uh, the first deal I found out about was, and this is what you want to hear, right? I'm describing oh, this is that. what we want. No, this is what we want. This is what, right. this is what the people sure are tuning in right for. No, we're right. doing, here's where it's all I can all give you my start. opinion on the trade like yeah. anybody else. Well, that's like what we'll do. Want. We'll, we'll, right. we'll start okay. here. We'll get the info on, on how the trades were broken. And then you and I can break Got down it. sort of a little bit of, of, of what we think it does from the baseball side. But I want to hear, I want to hear those behind the scenes stories as to how this all comes together. Right. I, I feel like that's that's what I would want to hear from somebody yeah. who's, who's doing it. So, so, yeah, so I found about the Cleveland one first, and it made sense because I, I think that Cle that Miami had to secure the deal for Bell before they were going to trade Cooper. That wouldn't right. make any sense. I mean, that's that was so. So obviously, uh, Cleveland did not want Gene Segura at all. They cut him right after or they're going to. So they uh, so that was kind of an uh, you know a way for Miami to part ways with Segura to get back Bell and plant him at first base every day you know, maybe for the rest of the season and even next season provided that he doesn't opt out of his contract and I don't think that he will but I guess we'll see and uh, a look along with that Cleveland did get Khalil Watson he's yep. obviously fell out of favor with Miami they I, I think they had some other options as far as some other players that they they could have included in the deal but Cleveland was not doing that deal without getting a prospect back in return. And yeah, I mean, it ended up being Khalil Watson. We'll see. And roofer of Khalil Watson, see if his career can you know get on track. I mean, Absolutely. just has not been able to get on track. And he's, he's had like two, three weeks at a time where he's looked awesome. And then it's just more or less the same. And we've reported all the other stuff that's happened in the past. So hopefully he can get his career going now with Cleveland. And then once that happened, what was interesting about uh, the next piece of information was I immediately found out, believe it or not, you would think that I found out that Garrett Cooper was traded. That actually was not the case. Really? I found out that Sean Reynolds was traded to the Padres. Wow. Like, Wait a second. Sean Reynolds is going to the Padres? What is this about? Right. This does not add up. There's got to be. And then, and then I found out that, yes, Cooper is in that deal. Going to San Diego. You got to be kidding yep. me. And what's coming back in return? It's Ryan Weathers. I mean, Ryan Weathers, ah, you know, look, he'll make some starts maybe, and they'll try to you know, give him the mail, see if he can unlock something right. there for him as well. But that's the chronology. And then at that point, I knew it was done. But that's the chronology of and kind of how it happened. I think probably most 
in the industry or maybe most that follow the Marlins would have thought, yeah, you probably were the very first one to know that Garrett Cooper was traded. <laughs> probably, but I didn't know. I knew Sean Reynolds was traded before I knew Garrett Cooper was traded. That's around. crazy. So that's just that. That's kind of the way that happened. And oh, Cooper was yeah. He he was tough seeing him at the end there. Yeah. Um, same by him. Well, we know you know. Obviously, now it's Cooper and Segura from the big league roster who are headed out. You've got Sean Reynolds, Khalil Watson. Uh, and Jake Eater headed out from the minor league side. And, and, you know, when we talk about Coop, you know, just just to give you a second here, too, because Garrett Cooper's been here for a number of years. Garrett Cooper was the longest tenured Marlin at this point with Miguel Rojas no longer on the team after last season. Coop's been here through sort of the ups and downs of this run. For that matter, you know, looking back at Swings and Mishes, he's the only player on the team who's been around for all of Swings and Mishes. That's how I'll look at it. Um I also know that that you and Coop became close. So, so if you if there is anything that you'd like to sure. add here, just about the the tenure that Garrett Cooper had as a Miami Marlin um, and the impact he had on this organization. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Cooper came over, and it's fair to say that. And, and so look, some of the people are still here. I mean, when when Derek Jeter was gone, or you know, whatever you want to say there, right? But I, that group that initial group that came in, that was one of the first things that they kind of targeted. Gary Denbo, uh, Dan Greenlee, like they they had Cooper with the Yankees. They knew who he was. They thought that they could kind of get some more out of him. And, and truthfully, I mean, shining moment there for the Marlins. I mean, I mean, who, who, I mean, Garrett Cooper was, I mean, some people thought he was not an everyday player, but you know, when he played, he was an everyday player. He was an all-star. Yeah, uh, made the All Star team from a trade that well, I mean, it was pretty good. Overwhelming <laughs> I mean, really, win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Cooper's Cooper's issue is he's the free agent. He played yep. six years with his one team. He's entitled to be a free agent at the end of the year, and he's thirty two years old. I, yep. I, I don't I don't know which direction Miami was going to go after the season. So I'm I'm happy in the sense. I'm happy that he did not go to Cleveland. I'm happy because I thought that maybe that was going to be the deal. I'm happy that he went to San Diego. It's a winning team. It's a right. winning environment. Who knows, Jeremy? Maybe they go on a run. Is it? Po- I think it's possible. They have a good yeah, team. Yeah, why not? Pieces are in place. They didn't dismantle. They added some things. And as far as his tenure here, there, there's so many things that I could go back to. Uh, you know, going to the All Star Game and, and spending time with him there, and seeing him there, being invited to all the events that he had there was awesome. Uh, you know, as I posted on on uh, X or whatever, he yeah. uh, one day we were just we just were talking about something. I don't remember what it was, and I was talking about hey, uh, my son and his swing, and you know, there was just something with it. And he's like, you know, you should bring him to the facility that I'm hitting at. And let me take a look and just see. How like, cool is that? But who does? I mean, right. this was not something that I said. Hey, can I, can I bring my son? Can to, I borrow your brain? Right. Yeah, like I, I like would you know I could send him a video, but like sure. no, bring him, bring him here. Uh, it was in Pinecrest, uh, Pinecrest, uh, Ronnie Coop's place, and and yeah. he, and he's literally throwing batting practice to Hicks. How cool you know? is that, man? You know, and and it's like, and 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 again, you think about these things. Like you ask, what brings you joy? Like when can you ever have a moment as a kid like that, Jeremy? Right. And, and recreate that, man. Yep. So, to, so the fact that he was able to do that, um, and and this happened, I think, last year, if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken, but but just all along the lines, he's just a genuinely nice person. He's mm-hmm. always. I also go. I also watched Cooper, and I do this a lot with players when no one's watching, when he thinks no one's watching, and this guy, like it's 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 the funniest thing. 
all these guys walking in from the field of spring training, Jeremy, you know, they're all walking in from the outfield. You can picture it at Roger Dean yeah, Stadium. They're all walking in. They're yelling and the kids, oh, Jackson, you know, Sandy, you know, whatever. Right. And 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 they're all yelling. And every time they yell at Coop, Coop gives like the shrug, like, and he, but he and he goes over and just signs every Forever. single autograph for every single time. He, yep. I've never seen this man turn anyone down at any point for an autograph or a picture or anything like that. And he's told me so many times, he's like, I was that kid. I grew up being yep. that kid in California that, that, that did that. And I'm never going to be that guy that's going to say no. And he's just, just, a, you know, I, I, I mean, look, everyone's going to have their struggles in the big leagues. It would be not transparent for me to say, look, Coop's missed time on the field. There's no yeah. doubt. I personally think that a lot of it was bad luck. People maybe watching this or listening would go, oh, he's a fan of him. And that's not true. They would laugh at that. I am telling you now, you go back and you look at the, I'm not talking about the nagging ones, the significant injuries that Garrett Cooper has had in the six years here. And you would say, wow, how did that happen? You know, that never happens to any, and, and a lot of the, I think a lot of it was bad luck, Yeah. but in the end, it's, it's going to be definitely one of the players that I'll remember in the last 30 years of being here as being just a really cool, nice guy. And he handled himself in such a classy way. You never know. Maybe the door yep. is open yeah. to, to come back after the year. Uh, you know, I, I think I think he's got to, you know, obviously uh, pick it up a little bit in terms yeah. of his numbers before the end of the year. But hopefully he will. Yeah, well, Garrett Cooper, you know, is one of those guys who's who's been around for so long. Like you said, he he's a nice guy inside and sort of outside the clubhouse. Like when you get to know him a little bit, and you know, he he was a part of of that 2020 season, hit that huge home run at Yankee yeah. Stadium in that game that ultimately clinched a playoff spot in 2020. So Coop was around for a lot of great. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. And for Gene Segura, who obviously it, ask him did not perform to the ability that he would have wanted um seems to be someone who was at least you know really well liked within that uh within that clubhouse um and so now he heads to cleveland and and potentially slash probably elsewhere um let's talk about the guys who are now miami marlins jake berger josh bell ryan weathers um let's start with jake berger he was sort of the the first trade he was the big trade he's the guy who's under team control for for years going forward let's talk about what you've heard about jake berger and your thought of of that trade burger for eater yeah well you, you're right that he's going to be here for a long time because you don't make a trade like trading one of your top pitching prospects in eater and then just flip the burger <laughs> in the offseason that's not going to happen so right. I, I would estimate I'll, I'll give you what they what the marlins think the marlins think that burger will be a far superior hitter at third base to what gene segura showed Right. And how can you argue that? Right. Probably impossible to do. I think that they believe he'll be a better defender than Gene Segura at third base. Segura, again, to Struggle. his credit, took on a new position for the first time this season. But if you look at every defensive metric, not really the best still at playing third base this year. Still some errant throws and some mistakes, etc. cetera. Uh, and, and again, maybe that's not fair to Segura to ask him to to end up doing that. But Gene's getting paid a lot of money and he'll yeah. get paid a lot of money next year, too. So it'll be OK. So I assume they think massive upgrade at the hitting. Right. And somewhat of an upgrade at third base. But make no mistake about it. Berger is not going to be a gold glove award winner at third. Right. I don't think he's going to be one at first base. But they are desperate for hitting and they had to make that sacrifice 
I think they thought that Gene Segura, that was making a sacrifice by signing him and bringing him into play third. Because this guy is going to bat 270 with a 330 OPS uh, or uh, on base, excuse me. Mm -hmm. He's going to hit 10 home runs or 12 and uh, going to put the ball in play. And it didn't happen. So I, I think it's a it's a big upgrade there. As far as Josh Bell is concerned, I think going into the year, if you would have asked, is this a great deal? I think you would have said yes. Right. I think this remains to be seen. Sure. You know, I, I, I do believe that they really do like Bell. There there aren't a lot of numbers that defend him being better than Garrett Cooper, to be honest with you, Jeremy. There just really aren't. There's no defensive numbers. And offensive, maybe there are a few. But if I had to guess from Kim Eng's perspective and maybe from some people in the organization, they just value reliability and a guy that's yep. going to play a lot, even if the numbers aren't as good maybe as Cooper's. And unfortunately for Coop, he did miss some time. So perhaps that's the reason why, in the end, they want to know that Josh Bell on September the 25th is going to be in the lineup, and they had some concerns because of Cooper's past that he wouldn't be. That's the only thing that I can think of, but clearly – they gave Gene Segura to Cleveland and got rid of that salary, right? Like so, right. like I, I think that's all. I think that all has to be part of uh, of that conversation. And uh, and Jeremy with Weathers, uh, you know, a little bit of a wild card here. Sure. Former first round pick, dad played for the Marlins too, so it's a nice story there. Has there been anything to indicate from a very good organization in the Padres that Weathers is going to live up to what he was in San Diego? No, probably not. Uh, could could he be their fifth starter at some point? Sure, I think I think that's probably a conversation that's that should be had a lot here in Miami. Right. So many people are concerned with who the fifth starter is going to be in Miami. Take a look at the fifth starter around baseball. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle brutal on every team. So for yep. me, whether the ERA is four and a half and he goes five six innings a game, it's pretty much what that position kind of not is. Bad, right? Yeah, and, and and so you know maybe maybe get some opportunities this year. My guess is you'll see him compete for a rotation spot in 2024. That's that mm -hmm. sounds right with Sandy Alcantara and and Yuri Perez in that rotation and Lazardo. And then you have Garrett, you have Rogers and Edward Cabrera. So, you know, he's he's like a six, seven starter, but you need those kind of guys right. as we've seen even this year. Right. And Ryan Weathers, you know, someone like you said, who has a ton of potential, was a former first-round pick. Um, we just saw the Marlins a couple of years ago throw a flyer at a first-round pick who was struggling in Jesus Lazardo. That was a reclamation project that's worked. We'll see to be determined on Ryan Weathers and, and whether they're able to sort of and weather and Weathers they're able to to get him back on track but um, a good point made on on Bell on 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 Berger and you know I think a big thing with with Bell too like you said the reliability shuffling around all that money and what's due next year and what positions do you have covered and now you know going into next season too Josh Bell Jake Berger your corners you're you're slated to go from there. You have your first baseman, you have your third baseman, you have your second baseman in Luis Arias, and you're ready to go. Um, as you've added, I, I, more... I would I would say I would say most likely mm -hmm. you're correct. Most but likely. these are sports; these of are course. people. And if Josh Bell hits 20 home runs between August and September, Josh oh, well, Bell will certainly opt be opting out. Right? He'll certainly so, be opting out then. I I agree with you, and but I appreciate what you're saying because I think you're accurate yeah. here. But I do have to just say, I mean, Jorge Soler was the World Series MVP mm -hmm. going to the Atlanta Braves. Like, like you just cannot predict right. this sort of stuff. And and the most likely scenario is the one that you've played out. Mm -hmm. Bell at first, uh, 
Burger at third. When Bell needs a break at first, yep. you put uh, Burger at first. You have Birdie at third. Remember, they yep. signed him. They got him for next year, too. So I, I think that's plausible. And, and I've thought about this conversation, too. It does seem, and we'll get there in the offseason, but uh, one way or the other, the Miami Marlins, and I don't know if you feel if they've solved their center field position, maybe it'll be Jazz. They have got to solve their shortstop position uh-huh. in the offseason. That has got uh-huh. to be the next. It's not going to happen now. That's That's got to be the next thing they do in the offseason. Yeah, that's the next big priority when you talk about rounding out this roster. But now you look at a lineup, and both of those guys, Bell and Berger, are in the lineup today. So you have them in there, slated right in the middle of the order. Josh Bell's batting third. Berger's batting sixth, I believe, right after Avisael Garcia. Um, but you're looking at, at a middle of your order that's a little more solidified. You've picked up Ryan Weathers. Craig, as we wrap up this podcast and we look toward now, August and September, a team in the Miami Marlins right in the thick of the wild card race. Obviously, last night's loss hurting quite a bit. We haven't even talked about that. Big time loss uh, to a team that's right there with you in your division in the Phillies. Unfortunate that they couldn't get more than one run across on 11 hits. But what are your views on how this makes the Marlins better this season? And you know, what What do you think the next couple of months look like? Do the Marlins ultimately make the playoffs? Is this a playoff chase? You know, what do we see from Miami? Um, and overall, sort of, what are your thoughts here? You know, if you could give me maybe a grade on, on their trade deadline day. Yeah, I, I think they pushed a lot of chips in from the minor league system, one that didn't have a lot. So don't be surprised if they're at the bottom or close to the bottom in terms of the minor leagues. It's just the nature of what has happened with them. Uh, no longer with Eater and no longer with Watson. Depending on how you feel about those, you may love it, you may hate it. That's the reality of the situation. So it made their team better for this year. I don't think Bell in particular is a big upgrade over Garrett Cooper. We all know my opinions on Cooper, so maybe right. I'm a little slanted there. Uh, I mean, the numbers do not indicate this, but again, anything can happen in baseball. And if Bell is Cooper the rest of the season, then you would call that a wash. Right. But but, but you have Bell for next season. You don't have Cooper. So that that grade for sure gets a B. As far as the trade with Berger and Eater, I, I mean, it's got to so be an incomplete. I don't right. know. I mean, I, I don't. I got to see these guys in the big leagues. I got to see what Jake Eater is going to be. I feel like for this year, it's an A plus because right. they're getting a much better hitter. But this could turn into an F by the end. I, it's it's almost impossible for me to give a grade. So I would probably say I would give the Marlins a B on the trade deadline overall because I don't think that they acquired a starting pitcher, which is one of the other things I thought they were going to do. They were talking about doing that. I still don't know that they're going to have enough to run through this to the end of the season, but they had a very good deadline to yeah. say the least. I just to give to give an A out, I, I think you got to look at a roster and say it's like 40% better or 30% better or added pieces like that to the deadline. I don't think they did that, but I definitely think they got better for sure. I, I think as far as we can end it here, I think as far as them making the postseason, it's very obvious. They have the hardest schedule in baseball in August. Uh, I believe there's six, as we're t- as we're recording this, I believe there's six games over. Is that right? Is that yeah, I believe they're 57 and 51, but I'll, I'll confirm that with you. Yeah, so so Jeremy, if they're six games over going into September, the Marlins are going to make the postseason. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, but that's not a guarantee because of what's about to happen. They're playing the toughest schedule in baseball in August. They're going to get the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Dodgers again, the Rays, <laughs> the Braves. Crazy. It is insane. Yeah. It is insane, but it's it's the schedule. They, they got rid of Oakland and, and uh, who was the other one? Kansas City already. They played all those guys. Yeah. So if, you, if, if they can play 500 ball in August, I think they're getting in. 
if on September 1st, they're a game under, I don't think they're making it. That's yeah. it. And I just think that's that's what it's got to be. You you I don't think you can be under 500 or at 500 and make the postseason with 25 games to go. I, I mean, you can, but I don't find it realistic. So treading water as just surviving the month of August yep. has got to be uh, what they need to do. And if they do that, I believe they'll get in. I know their fan graphs odds have really come down yeah. over the last uh, you know week or two. But I'm, I certainly would not give up on this team. I think they, ha- they still have a great opportunity in front of them. We'll see what happens against Verlander and the Astros, Ooh. Aaron Savali and Tampa Bay, and Michael Lorenzen and Philly. Like yes. all these teams got better, man. Yep. <laughs> Texas and Max Scherzer, like it's it is crazy. crazy. So we'll, we'll, it'll be a fun month for sure. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun month, fun couple of months uh, to end this season. Um, just my two cents on the trade, just to throw it out there. Uh, Jake Berger really like the move in terms of obviously the Marlins needed somebody with power. Gotta love that he has team control. If you're willing to give up somebody like Jake Eater, you need to at least get someone who's going to contribute to this team for more than one season yeah. here. Um, despite his strikeout rate, despite his his lack of walks, this is a man who hits the ball very hard, and the Marlins presently don't have a ton of guys who can do that. So to know that he'll be there for a number of years to come, and only a two-year age gap between the two. Jake Eater, 25 uh, Jake Berger, 27 years old, entering theoretically his physical prime here in these years with the Marlins. Josh Bell over at first base, obviously, like you said, him and Coop, a bit of a wash, and particularly this season, Cooper probably a better performer. Um, but you like that Bell can attack from both sides of the plate, a guy you know who, who has a ton of history beating up the Marlins. So I've watched him be very successful a number of times, and that's fun. And the Weathers thing, as I mentioned before, love, love the idea of a, of a flyer. Um, I do think the Marlins got better this season, and it's to be determined Definitely. where these trades ultimately end up. But it's a good thing to see them being buyers at the deadline, as we all hope they would be. As we talked about going into the season, hoping they'd be in position to do it. You know, we talked about it last year. They didn't quite get to the position to be buyers. I'm glad that they were now. Um, and you can watch the rest of their season on Bally Sports Florida, uh, including tonight. If you tune in at 6 o'clock, you can watch the Marlins live pregame show with Craig Minervini and company, and then a 6:40 first pitch in Game Three against the Phillies. Watch the rest of the season, as we said. Follow at Bally Marlins on Twitter, at Bally Sports Florida on Instagram. And before we go, Craig, anything you would like the people to follow or plug before we wrap this up? Make sure you watch Sports Grid every day, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'm hosting a show called Newswire. We still don't have legal sports betting in Florida, which is kind of annoying. But maybe that will come to fruition soon. If you want to learn more about the legality of sports betting around the country, some of the places that is legal, how things are progressing with the different apps and the business models. I I know it's a different kind of show for different kind of people, but that is the show. We're also giving you updates on odds and and daily just different ideas on different wagers and things like that. It's a very heavy uh, news show, but also sports betting themed as well. It's on 11 a.m., 12 p.m. every day on SportsGrid, and it's free. The app is free on your phone. If you have a TV that streams, which everybody has, on all of these different Vizios or Samsungs, it is free on all those channels. Check it out. Tell me what you think. In the same way that you know Craig Mish might be a little bit biased about Garrett Cooper's performance, I'm a little bit biased about his, but Craig is the best. You should watch all of his stuff, listen to all of his stuff, read that article in the Miami Herald in a couple of days. Craig, thank you so much for joining me today on Miami Mic'd Up. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. 